Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be Pakistan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. I'm bringing on someone who knows a lot more about these college prospects than me, Grassi. And today, I am going to be previewing the best day two wide receiver selections for the Green Bay Packers because there is a chance that the Packers don't pick a wide receiver in the first round. And honestly, it will be scorched earth in my DMs, my mentions, and honestly, just the entirety of Green Bay may explode. But we're here to talk you off the ledge. My guest today, (laughs) he is the creator of the film room. This man is a draft icon. He has over 325,000 subscribers on the YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brett Coleman. I am incredibly impressed that you were able to do all that in the first take. You know how long it takes me to do intros on podcasts? Oh, yeah. Just professional just here. Professional. Rock. That's it. We And listen, we had to bring the hype. We had to bring the energy. And now we're going to speak in a monotone voice about analytics for the entire episode. I mean, yeah, I, I, I have I have no words for this guy ran a four three six. And, uh, <laughs> six I'm six, like six, I'm six. like trying to find out how to like match your energy, and I'm like, wow, I'm blown away by the professionalism and the showmanship. <laughs> okay, like, I, I yeah, I, I because there's a lack of professionalism, the showmanship. I just crank that up to twelve, and then they're like, wow, that guy's kind of professional. No, it's just I talk loud. <laughs> That's all that it is. Like if we, but it's a it fools you pretty well. By the way, before we get into anything. Brett, that's a that's a snazzy uh, hoodie you got there, bud. I wore it just for you. Like I root for the Bears, and I wear this once a year, and it's when I go on Packer shows. I root for the Bears. I know. <sighs> I know. No, it's I, I I wear it because even though I am diametrically opposed to all things Packers, I do enjoy making money off their fans. <laughs> so <laughs> I designed a hoodie so that sixty dollars at a time. I can assert my dominance over Packer Nation. That's it. And and one day I'll be able to afford a trip up to Wisconsin and go kayak the Dells and then never set foot in Wisconsin again. Yep. And that's, well, the best part is like you could do that like in a Justin Fields jersey and be like, I just want to let you know that your money went to buying this jersey and making this trip happen. Like you could vlog the whole thing and it, it would be a time. Yeah, because we're not going to beat you in the playoffs. We're not going to win the division. But, you know, if you could buy me a nice condo, hey, we're even. <laughs> That's you, it. You, you can you can have your conference championship losses. Yep, I'll take, you know, a comfortable living. We'll, yep. it's an even exchange of goods. I, I think so. I mean, yeah. listen, the Bulls beat the Bucks last night, right? So like, that, that, <laughs> oh yeah, that's even. That's totally even. Congrats, congrats, you did it. Hey, hey, you you beat us for the Brett Favre retirement night, okay? That's almost like beating us in the NFC Championship to go Wait, to the Super which, Bowl. Wait, which Brett Favre retirement? There's, there's been we a couple. We need to be specific. There's been a, there's been a few. <laughs> there's been, it's been a few. It's fine. It's fine. But Brett, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Been meaning to collab with you for quite some time, and I thought that this would be the perfect place and time to do it because we are one week away from the 2022 NFL Draft, and thank God, because if I have to look up one more player or do another mock draft or hear people talking about mock drafts. I think I might be done. So I'm, I'm ready for this draft to, to just happen already. I, I I don't know about you, but like every year after the season, I'm like, Oh man, I'm so psyched draft season, yes. change of pace. And then we get yes. to early April and I'm like, I am exhausted yes. <laughs> mentally, emotionally, physically. Like, I, yes. Oh my God. I'm, I'm ready for it to be over so that, we can get to the halcyon days of June where we get to relax and go on vacation. And then we get about three weeks into June and we're like, man, I miss football. So it's, it's, it's a cycle. It, it really is. Like, it's like, oh my, because you don't take a break from like mid-August until about like a week or two into May, right? Where you're yeah. just like, all right, still like, it's still grinding and pumping it out. And then there's like that sweet spot, like you said, in like in June. And then you're just like, oh man, I'm going to go. I'm going to relax. I'm going to take some time off. And then you're like, okay, I've done this for like a week and a half. 
Cool. Then the, then the workaholic kicks in. You're like, dude, it's bad. It's, it's bad. You're like, this may be something that I need to see a therapist about, but it's fine. We don't, and football is our therapy, and that's just how it works. Well, I I have found not to get off on a tangent. I found there to be two classes of people in football media: a gain weight during the season person, or a lose mm. weight during the season person. Which are you? Oh, you only go one direction. It's very true. I feel like my see it's a double-edged sword because like i'm thinking of january right in january so i stream every playoff game so like when oh god oh everyone so like there's days where there's the three in one day so like that's a that's about a 12 hour day of just streaming and that's no videos that are attached to it afterwards so it's like man i'm sitting for a while so like that weight's gonna come but i also don't have time to eat or urinate so it's like you know it's this mix that it's a lot of like water weight. And at the same time, like I'm not actually eating food. People are watching me decay live on air, which is part of the charm. I used to be in the control room for red zone where it's, you know, seven hours, no commercial break, no commercial breaks. And I don't know how Scott does it. Fun fact. He does not drink coffee. He does not ingest caffeine of any kind. Doesn't take any pee breaks. The dude is a robot. Same. No coffee. I, I don't know. What? No coffee. I have had like, three sips of coffee in my life i hate it and you're this cracked up like what how, yeah how, i know and you... it's not even cocaine like that people are like all right tom like it's a little like mm-hmm. nope none of it it's just it's i know what a pro what a pro that's the thing like when you have this muppet voice like you have to have the energy <laughs> that like comes with it otherwise like you're a quiet muppet who's like who's gonna who's gonna listen to that you can't be it's... monotone kermit that's not allowed <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. All right, so we're here today to talk about the Green Bay Packers. As you said before, your favorite team. You know, you're repping the merch and how much you, <laughs> how much you. you appreciate them and love them. Wait a minute, I do have to ask a question though. What was the whole thing of like you being a diehard Texans fan? No, so I'm a Texans are my AFC team, and they were my first team. Bears are my other team because I root for the two teams where my dad lived when I was growing up because he worked in the energy industry. He worked with PP specifically. So he was in Texas during my childhood. Then he went to Chicago. So I always just rooted because I live in Southern California and like we had options, but I've never really resonated with any of them because why would I? No Um, one does. So uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to choose two other franchises that are sure to be successful. uh, And that's the Texans and the Bears. Absolutely nothing can go wrong there, obviously. I think... The best thing is I did a Texans video yesterday and literally since their start of their franchise, the only first round pick that they have selected that's still on the team is was at Titus Howard from 2019. Only there, was a, there was a stretch for a while where the only thing they did right was first round picks. It Correct. Was Wayne Brown, Brian Cushing, Kareem Jackson, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless all back to back. And then it was DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins Clowney yeah. technically works. I mean, yeah, he's worked still out. in the league. Uh, yep. And then uh, Kevin Johnson, yep. which we, who we don't talk about. Nope, uh, nope. And then it just kind of like all went to shit after that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says just good times. Well, listen, that's the thing. As a, as a, as a Texans fan, so that when the Texans and the Bears like play each other, is there like a weird like internal struggle that's going on or are you just like i just i just want what's best for for both teams so like if the texans can get the first pick sure you could lose or the bears you know they can get an eight and nine record that's fine too it's usually a convention of misery where like Mm. the game is entertaining but both teams go to shit after like you remember that rainy uh it was like eight years ago uh the texans bears primetime game in chicago aaron foster caught the winning touchdown in the yes. rain diving catch amazing game fantastic game both teams yeah. got so beat to shit from that game that neither of them did anything the rest of the year completely ruined both of their years <laughs> just like we're gonna give it all because we're on <laughs> primetime damn it and now yeah i mean listen the Packers have had some fun primetime games with the Texans and the Bears over the years. Definitely. Uh, I remember when you guys were undefeated and then Rodgers came in and lit it up and it was the <sighs> game. JJ, oh, that was... JJ did the belt. <sighs> don't do the belt unless you're the 49ers. Unless he that's was... that's what I've learned. He was young. He, did, he, <laughs> he didn't, didn't understand yet. He didn't know. He didn't know. But like I said, we totally have gone off on a 10-minute tangent. We're just like, yeah, what about the Packers? This is what happens when you find out that Brett is also a diehard Bears fan. It, it couldn't just go, like, unnoticed. So the Packers are in a, I would say, optimal position when it comes to the draft in that they have a ton of draft picks. They have 11 picks. 
They got five in the top 100, which is pretty darn good. And for the most part, they don't have any gaping holes except for wide receivers and wins in January. So the thing is, a lot of people are looking at this and going, oh, well, they're going to potentially trade up or at least they're going to get, you know, a wide receiver in the first round. However, the Packers MO usually is anything but that. They have a lot of success in the second round with guys like Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson of, you know, getting those wide receivers in the second round. And before we kind of like dive into some of these day two picks, as someone who is so invested in the Packers and their success, do you see them drafting like a first round guy? And more importantly, and this is the question I get the most, is there a guy that if you're the Packers and sitting at 22 that you trade up for as a receiver to go, you know what? He's that damn good. We need to go get him. Ooh, see, that's a good question because you could make the argument for like any of the five tier one receivers yeah. not getting there. Like they could be kind of on their last, their last guy, you know, yep. before it even gets to 22. So it's like, you know, depending on where Jamison Williams go, cause of the knee, like he could be the first, he could be the fifth. Same thing with Drake London, like, cause the ankle we we don't know how yep. high or low they're going to go. But if there's only like one tier one guy left, I could see them making a move up. Um, Best case scenario, Jamison Williams, just because I think he fits exactly what they need of like the, hey, we're getting beat up by the 49ers. We need to score and we need to score now and we need yeah. to do it in three plays. Jamison Williams can do that. Um, and I think George Pickens for his blocking ability as an X receiver, I think would be fantastic for them. And um, Charles McDonald put it perfectly. Every team needs a George Pickens, but they need exactly one George Pickens. You can't have yeah. two yeah. <laughs> because he is they'll kill each other. <laughs> he's feisty. Um, I think if you're if you're trying to get and they so what's interesting about the Packers is like you can see like some similarities with the Shanahan stuff where it's like they yeah. in terms of like how they structure the run game and like, you know, some of the the gadget like they they've always kind of wanted to have a sort of Debo type guy like, yes. Tyler Irvin kind of played that role a little bit. They, they tried it with Equinemia St. Brown for a hot second because they were like, oh, we yeah. called him up. We might as well run some jet sweeps with him. And it's like, it's never really, it's never really worked. Yeah. But if they, if they look at Traylon Burks and they think that he can do that, like I would totally understand them pulling the trigger in the first round. They would have to kind of investigate why he showed up to pre, pre-combine training, like 20 pounds overweight and then yeah. ran four times. I don't know why that happened. It, it could be for a variety of reasons. It could be medical. It could be personal. Who knows? They'll just have to kind of do some digging of, of why that happened. But like when you watch him on tape, your first thought is, damn, if he played the Debo role, he'd be pretty good at that. Yeah. So uh, they could go in a variety of different directions. I'd be stunned if they don't take one in the first round just from public pressure. But <laughs> it, it is it is goody. He's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's going to do. And I mean, th- to, to be fair, to be fair, the, the Packers, like, under Goody, for the most part, have been pretty good at picking in the first round under Goody, right? Like, they have gotten, like, their Jair Alexanders. You know, Savage, I'm still, like, holding out hope for him. You know, Rashawn Gary has, been, of course, been really good. <clears throat> we do have Jordan Love. But, like, there's, there's a couple of... <laughs> but for the most part, like, those early picks, especially when it comes to linemen, Goody has scored on it. So the, the problem that I'm trying to get over... And this is like, you know, you do mocks and all that great stuff. But I'm looking at it and I go, yeah, like that that mid-round stuff, I could just see like a run of receivers go. Like you have the Saints, like you're going to have the Eagles, you're going to have like the Chargers could take a guy if they really wanted to and get like an amazing number three. Like there's a bunch of like wide receiver needy teams that might just be like, yeah, like we're just going to go get all of our guys. And by the time it comes down to 22, it might be, okay, are we picking George Pickens here? Like we'll pick him at 22 or do we hope that maybe we can get him in the second round and we go for like a defensive lineman, you know, maybe we go safety. If we really want to like shake things up, maybe go a slot corner just so you have another guy who can play that position. Like that's my concern that they're just going to be gone. And it's gonna be like, all right, well, do we reach right now? Or do, do we wait and kind of see how the board falls? Because to be fair, it is a deep class, but they need a number one guy. They need a number one because they don't have one. And this offense typically kind of revolves around that number one receiver. 
like I'm talking like the Matt LaFleur, you know, sure. Shanahan family tree of like, hey, we need a badass X receiver that can go out and win one on ones because when it comes down to it and, you know, we're playing trips to the field and the only matchup we have that isn't a two over one or a three over two or a four over three, we only have one one on one matchup on the entire field. We need that one on one to win. That was always Devonte. Yeah. Now they don't have that. So if they don't have the guy that can just go win on third and five, they're going to stall out quite a bit. So like they need that guy. Like when you look at around the NFL, the the offenses that have a true top 10 receiver as their number yeah. one are the ones that are successful. So I, I would even take two swings at it in the first round. Yeah. It's like statistically one of them will probably work one out. Of them should do okay. <laughs> And then, like again, the edge class is deep. You want to get an edge, go go yeah. in the day two. You want to get a nickel. There's a million of them. There's a million of them you can get on day two. Like I, I just I, you're spending all this money on Aaron Rodgers. Correct. You got to make sure he's successful. Coming from diehard Packers fan, Brett Coleman. Yes, I completely and totally agree. That's gonna be clipped right there. <laughs> it's gonna be right there. It's gonna be like, yep, that's the spot. Brett loves the Packers. I mean, yes, I am very curious to see what LaFleur's offense is going to look like without Devontae Adams because they have been successful without him. You look at like the Cardinals game, like they won out without their like top three guys, but Aaron Rodgers statistically didn't look great. But I am curious about spreading that ball around and not forcing it. I mean, you look at the 49ers game is like the pinnacle of that, right? You have an Alan Lazard wide open running across the middle and Devontae's like double cover and he's like, I'm coming to you, Devontae, and it doesn't work out. So, like, if they can find someone to not force the ball to, I think that it unlocks the potential. I think there's going to be an unlearning process that's going to go along with Aaron Rodgers of being like, okay, I don't have that number one guy to constantly target over and over and over again. So I'm curious because the Packers usually have a prototypical wide receiver that they go for, right? They're usually big possession, like receiver guys. You do have MVS who was there, but he's gone now, but he was like the only speedster that was on the team. So there's guys who are, you know, mocking like dots into us, like these undersized receivers who just have some speed. And I'm curious if the Packers are going to break that usual mold. Like you bring up Jameson Williams, who, yes, I want him every, the minute I saw his tape, I was like, yes, fits it perfectly <laughs> like perfect he like he is the wide receiver one like that's it i'm curious though if the packers are going to pull the trigger on him though because like i don't know if they would be like yeah it's not kind of the guy we want right this second let's go with more of a george pickens like he will, he has some speed obviously but like he is like a bigger guy he is that possession guy trailing burks etc i i think it really depends on how they see the speed threats that are going to be there on day two yeah. And if they think they can get a similar element to what Jamison Williams brings while also getting that, you know, prototypical big X receiver, it's kind of a, um, if you ever do this exercise, when I was at NFL network, we had uh, something called like cluster buster where it's like you stack. Okay. You get this guy in the first round, this guy in the second round, would you rather yeah. have that package versus yes, you know, option two. So it's like, would you rather have Jamison Williams? And then you come back in the third round and get Kyle Phillips, or would you rather have, uh, you know, George Pickens and George Pickens, and you come back and get Khalil Shakir, who can do some of the Debo stuff. Yeah. It's different flavors, and neither answer is wrong. Correct. It's just about what you prioritize. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like that's that's how I've been setting it up in terms of like doing those mocks. It's like, okay, you get either the speedster in the first round and then you come back on day two and you get like the bigger prototypical guy that they usually go for just because you can like have your cake and eat it too. Right. In which you're not saying, okay, like we got Sammy Watkins, we got our speedster. So we don't need to go get one now. Like, no, you still, you still need to go and do that. And I don't think that Sammy Watkins introduction to the Packers is going to deter them from getting a speedy guy. And if it does, then we got bigger problems. But <laughs> I mean, for you, when you're looking at like the day two guys, like, do you see like a George Pickens even falling to day two? I think there's a great chance he goes at the end of the first round because a lot of Packers fans are looking at this like, hey, you know, we could get whoever we want, even if we can go trade up and get an Olave or whatever. And then George Pickens will just be there, you know, for our, our second round. Either you guys take him or Detroit does. That's how I see it. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. So I don't think he's getting to 33. I I just, I can't somebody with his ball skills, his sideline awareness, vertical acceleration. So, I mean, he's, he's AJ green, you know, or at least he might turn around though. 
Kirkland brand agent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I don't see somebody with his skill set and blocking mentality. How often do the blocking? Everyone, you know, I just, I can't imagine him getting to thirty three. Coaches are going to love this guy. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like I, the the guy that is the most fascinating to me is like a Christian Watson because mm, yeah. people look, I've like seen people like look at his stats and they're just looking at that. And I'm like, yeah. And they look at his tape and he's like so far away from D backs. Like they're giving him so much room to play. And I'm like, yes. And then you look at the competition that he's going against, like compared to some of the guys who are going to go definitely in the first round. He's a guy that I've seen often mocked on day two in the second round to the Packers. Are you on the Christian Watson bandwagon of like, hey, listen, like he just has those fundamentals, like, and he has that skill set. He can play. It doesn't matter like what his competition was because he's going to be able to just like fit right in seamlessly to an NFL offense. He was one of those guys, and I I was watching him when I was down at the Shrine Bowl, and this was right before Senior Bowl practice week kicked off. And I was watching him at Shrine Bowl, and I was like, man, this tape is fun because he was catching deep balls. He was making people miss in space. They were giving him sweeps and he was housing those. And he's, um, you know, he's really talented Florida kid that somehow ended up at North Dakota state. I don't really know how, but he (laughs) did. Um, and I I was like, man, this is super exciting. And like, obviously you see the box score, which personally I don't necessarily care about box scores when it comes to receivers, because like DK Metcalf stats were underwhelming and correct you know, because of the offense he was in with Phil Longo. So I was like, ah, whatever box scores are stupid. Like, look at, look at what the player does. Yeah. And my one question was, okay, what happens when he goes against better corners that are playing press and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Very next week he went to senior bowl, annihilated everyone. And I, I tend to really trust the senior bowl one-on-ones going against top tier press corners because it's it's something that we don't get to see a lot of the times in terms of real game action of how sure. do they beat talented corners in press. And if you can do that every single rep over and over again, like Terry McLaurin did when he was at Senior Bowl, like Chase Claypool did when he was at Senior Bowl, and I saw yeah. it with my own eyes, and I was like, that dude can play. The fact that Watson went down to Mobile, did not lose a single rep, meant a lot to me and that to me solidified him as a first round pick so i know people have concerns about you know drop rate it was like almost 13 percent. yeah i i get that but looking at physical skill set physical skill set jesus christ (laughs) um and then you know his ability to beat press i just i i think he's a natural fit for the packers in the first round not even the second oh okay like so you you would all the other guys are gone like i've I wouldn't be shocked. I would You're still happy, that. like, and content with that. I mean, because, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, because, again, even because 22, I feel like, is your spot. If you're going to trade up, that's where it's going to be, right? Like, that's where you're going to package, like, a third-round pick because, hell, we don't do anything with our third-round picks anyway. Like, a third-round pick. We have, like, some forts we can throw in there. We can move up a couple of spots if we're going to go get, like, one of the top-tier guys. But 28 is still there as well. And, like, I feel like with 28, you can either pick, like, a Christian Watson, you know, or you could a George Pickens so he doesn't fall to the Lions. Or if you get like that number one wide receiver, you could just trade back for someone who, I don't know, who wants to draft a quarterback at the end of the first round or something and then like take their spot, you know, in, in round two. So like there's definitely options there, but you think like Christian Watson 100% like could go in the first round and wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It would not be the worst thing in the world. I, I really, I really don't think so. And again, you can get another complimentary guy sure. like Kyle Phillips in round three, if you just need like a third down separator, you know, third and Phillips, like he's the guy this year for that. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can kind of use uh, Watson for the big post on the backside. And when he's, you know, doing all the MVS stuff, but maybe even better <laughs> in addition to having the third down threat, best yeah. of both worlds. And, you know, if you really want to, you can trade Jordan love for a third round pick and get back <laughs> another third rounder to use on something else that might not start. <laughs> exactly and that just will not work out it's fine <laughs> it's honestly if we could just like tr- trade our third round picks every single draft at this point i'd be like yeah that's fine because it's just it it hasn't worked and again there's guys deguara could still work out yamari rogers could still work out you know not expecting the world here but there's who, a who was the last packers third round pick that worked i'm genuinely curious <sighs> okay it wasn't montrevious adams it wasn't jay sternberger uh <laughs> 
It's been a minute. It's been a while. No, it's been a it's been a good while. It was Oren Burks in the third? God, I loved Oren Burks coming out of college so much. I thought he was in fourth. Maybe you're right though. Either yeah. way, the fact that you we can't name one immediately. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a, it's been a hot minute since uh, the Packers have succeeded. You know, at least with the uh, either the longevity of them just being on the team or just like having any impact. And Deguara, like the season that his rookie season when he got hurt, like those first few games, I was like, ooh, they're using him like as a blocker. Like it's going to be really interesting. Like how Lafleur is going to utilize him. And then he gets hurt, and it's like, oh, okay. And then Rodgers like looked to him one time, and like he didn't catch it, and was like, well, I'm never throwing to you ever again. So I think they're going to replace him with Chica Conco anyway from Maryland. There's there's some there's some talk that the Packers definitely go after tight end, like probably either at the end of day two or super early day three. Like super early. From what I heard, Jelani Woods is going to be one of the three first tight ends off the board, and he screams Packers to me. Jelani, I can't tell you, Packers Twitter alone has fallen in love with Jelani Woods to the, like every mock, every mock he is there. I, I like if I don't see him, I'm like, oh, like it's a shock at this point. Like he's always there at like the fourth round or the fifth round. Like he's he's getting taken. Oh, he's going earlier than that. I've heard late second, early third. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers used like their latest second rounder to get him. Like just in saying, there you go. And then watch the internet explode because they're like another tight end. And we're like, <laughs> one of them will do well. I mean, cause you have like, you know, Bobby Tunyon who we brought back like for a year, but he's coming off a major injury. Yeah. You have Mercedes Lewis, who I love to death. You know, it's just, he's, I mean, we've been saying this for three years now he's getting older, you know? So he's, yeah, not I was going to say he's not dead brutal. yet. He, um, have you ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean 2, uh, Dead Man's Chest? Yes, I'm making a Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> reference. Uh, there's the guys who are in like the walls of the ship and they got coral all around them because they've been there for so long and they have to like bust out. That's that's Mercedes Lewis. And I love Mercedes Lewis to death. And if he didn't fumble in that 49ers game, like, oh God, talk about the momentum we had. But I mean, it's just, we have a tight end problem but we've at least attempted to address it. We attempted it with Jay Sternberger. We attempted it with DeGuara. You know, we have attempted it a couple of different times now. Jimmy That's Graham. what we should have done with wide receiver for these past few years. And now like we're in the position where we years ago, putting out a video saying, Hey, the Packers are going to have a huge wide receiver problem because all their contracts are up at the same time. And we don't have another number one guy. So if Devonte Adams leaves, we're screwed and look what's happened. <laughs> so now this is like, hey, this could be like the 2018 draft, except now we're going to have to, instead of picking three wide receivers later, we have to pick them earlier. I just, I can't remember another instance where like an entire fan base was actively screaming at a team that they were doing things wrong for like a three year period. Yeah. And the fan base was entirely correct. <laughs> and the team was like, no, we're fine. And it's like, you have 5 million people actively telling you you're screwing up and you're still doing it. It. I think it, I don't understand like the logic because, and I've talked to players about this and I, and I've talked to other people about this and talking about how the Packers have approached wide receiver. And basically like they got their role guys, right? There was Devonte Adams who could do everything. Like, he wasn't the speedster, but he could do everything. He was the guy you need third and eight. He's going to go and get it for you. You had MVS who like stretched the field. You have Alan Lazard who was a deep, like he was a good possession receiver. And, and then that's about it. I mean, they didn't use Randall Cobb a whole lot. Amari Rogers was brand spanking new. Equinemia St. Brown. I mean, he got bounced around to the practice squad. Like that was it. They all had like their little individual roles, which they should have been doing for special teams and having actually dedicated gunners and returners. But that's a whole different episode and story. But for wide receiver, like they're just like, oh yeah, this is fine because we have Aaron Rodgers. Like we can make it work. We're winning lots of games. And to their credit, they did. It's just when it came to the playoffs, and like they lock down those receivers. Uh oh. Because <laughs> like even even if we make the argument of oh they weren't supporting Aaron, let's just pretend Jordan Love worked out. Yeah. Which we don't think he will, but let's just pretend he did. They still should have been investing in receiver for him. Correct. So yes. it's like regardless of the argument of like oh we have Aaron we'll be fine. It's like okay well what if you don't have Aaron? Like well, you you're gonna yeah. throw a first round quarterback out there with. Sammy Watkins is wide receiver one. Like, are you insane? 
I think to be completely honest, I think it's because they anticipated one. They never anticipated Rogers winning back-to-back MVPs like that completely threw the wrench into oh, what a shocking scenario that a hall of fame quarterback. Has <laughs> hey, listen, MVP 2019, season. you know, we made the AFC championship game, but like there's a couple throws, especially against the lions that like, you know, week 17, it's like, Ooh, like it, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers esque. He was still very good, but it wasn't Aaron Rodgers esque. And I understood getting a quarterback at the time because I think that they really thought that Rodgers was going to start to degrade a bit. And the issue was, if Rodgers was out of the picture, they had re-signed Bakhtiari, so they got their left tackle, right? So he's already set with that. And I think they would have re-signed Devontae Adams. I mean, Murphy literally said that we were so focused on Aaron Rodgers and getting him to come back that we didn't get to Adams in time. And so if Rodgers was out of the picture, I think you would have had Devontae Adams as being Jordan Love's number one wide receiver. You know, you have you have better insight on this than me. I okay. So when Devonte bought that house in Vegas, yeah, I was immediately like, yeah, he's gone. And and from what I understood, like he wanted he specifically wanted to go to Vegas to play with Derek Carr, and like there was nothing that was going to stop him from doing that. I kind of feel like no matter what they did, he was going to be out. So based on people that I have talked to, um originally it was an issue of he wasn't the highest paid wide receiver. And there was that, well, DeAndre Hopkins is making this much, but it was also on top of an already pre-existing deal. So it inflated his numbers and the Packers weren't willing to do that. And so when they were talking last August, that's when like contract negotiations broke off. And then it was focusing on, okay, well now we have to bring back Aaron and Adam's like, well, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. Like this is just not going to happen. And then they franchise tagged him and he's like, I'm absolutely not doing it. So, I think if they if they just said in August, hey, yeah, we'll pay you wide receiver one money. Like, we'll give you what the Raiders are you know, giving you now, which they offered at the end, which I feel like is a little bit disrespectful, too, because like he's already out the door and it's like you're quitting a job. And it's like, no, baby, come back. Like, no, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll match the salary. I'll give you more whatever. And it's like you should have done this months ago. So I think if they had offered him that deal in August, I think Devontae Adams still is a Green Bay Packer. But since everything, the whole entire season went down as it did, they didn't get a deal done. Then I think it was like, yeah, kick rocks. It's like That's that TikTok how... trend where like, it's like ladies, if he wanted to, he would. It's like Devontae, yeah. if they wanted to, they would have. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's the saga of Devontae Adams. Oh, the, so in an effort to try and like get somebody, and I, like, it's funny, it's like, the, it's like the money ball mentality, right? It's like you can't get another Devontae Adams, but you can make up for it like in the aggregate. You can go like <laughs> in, the, in the stat sheet. Yeah, no, just, you can't. <laughs> and just try to like build him up. And just be like, it's fine. We'll we'll go out and get Jambi. It's 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 okay. We'll get his brother. Does Fonte have a brother? So for you, looking at day two, like we we've talked about some of these guys. What guys stand out to you the most? Like a handful of guys that say, like, yeah, they fit like the Green Bay Packers pretty darn well. And these could be like legit targets, either you know, in the second round or the third round. Well, now that Debo Samuel presumably is gonna be a jet. Yeah. Um I mean, best case scenario for the Packers, he's a Packer, but then they'd go have to go. We're right not getting him. There's no it. way. They're not trading him to a conference rival. Like There's I know that. Like yeah. best case scenario for the Packers, he would, but they won't. Yeah. Um, I would bet he goes to the Jets because they can pay him. They'll give Correct. picks, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So now you guys are in a race with the Niners for the same player, and that's Khalil Shakir, who I see as a slot option at the next level, but. He is he's one of those guys where he's faster with the ball in his hands than when the ball is in the air. Mm-hmm. Like he timed it four four, like low four four at the combine. And I was like, man, I don't know if I saw that. But then I went back yeah. and specifically looked at all the touches that were like sweeps, screens, you know, he's running the backside dig and he's got room to run after. And like his acceleration with the ball was insane. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, I I would want to put him in that Debo role where it's like, we're not stretching the field with him. We're just giving him the ball as quickly as possible, either through screens or handoffs or anything of that nature. And then just letting him go do what he does best. Like he's a good route runner, just like Debo is a good route runner. So it's like, he can convert third downs for you. It's tough over the middle, all that kind of stuff. And I think the Packers for all the attempts that they've tried at filling that type of role, you know, the hybrid weapon. Yeah. they, They haven't been able to do it. And I think Khalil Shakir could absolutely do that as a day two pick for them. I'd be stunned if he goes after round three. I really would. But now you're in a race with 
the Niners to get him because there's not very many guys in this class that specifically can fill that role. But Brett, I heard every wide receiver is the next Debo Samuel in this class. I've heard it a kajillion times by every analyst that there are like six Debo Samuels. Are you telling me that there is only a handful? <laughs> There's like maybe three in this yeah. class, like three, like three that I would be comfortable giving as many of those. Like, that's the thing is like every wide receiver is like going to get a sweep every now and then. Sure. But it's the it's the fact that you can give them six of them in one game and they'll gain yards on more than three of them. That's what makes Debo Debo is like, yeah, it's not just the fact that he gets the big gains. It's that he prevents the losses. So you're not punished for that kind of, you know, bullshittery. So there's there's like three guys in this class where it's like, I can assume that just giving him the ball, we're at least going to go forward. And that's Traylon Burks, Khalil Shakir, maybe Bo Melton. I know you love him, but I was literally just about to bring him up because you love Bo Melton so much. Because recently, Mr. Brett Coleman ranked all the wide receivers in the 2022 NFL draft. Very well done, by the way. And in it, you saw Bo Melton pretty damn high up there. Can you explain to me the love for Bo Melton? Because, like, I know this is not an indicator of anything. Just ask the Raiders. But, like, you look at a lot of mock drafts, right? Like, Melton's low like he's real low like he's a day three guy like he's you know maybe round five like maybe what about him because I looked at him was like oh my god even if he like is not our slot guy he can return and like that's already worth like a day three pick what about his skill set and what about him makes him worthy of more than a day three pick for you it it is obviously the versatility is a major factor he's in he's in every down player, run game, third and long, uh, and, and then on special teams as well. Both sides of special teams, like all four core special team spots, he, you know, he special teams units, he can have a spot on. Yeah. Which, my God, do they need that? <laughs> they really, yeah. Really I do. mean, hey, we can only go up from here, Brett. That's it. Literally, <laughs> you can only go up. That's it. <laughs> we are at rock bottom. So that, that does, I think, you know, give him a little bit of extra value, but just as a receiver, just specifically as a receiver, he's another one of these guys showed up in mobile, you know, going against top tier corners in press. He was killing all of them off the line. He's really good route runner, a little bit more like spastic in his movements, I would say, mm-hmm. but no less difficult to cover one-on-one. One of the hardest guys to cover one-on-one in that entire receiver group in mobile, which was a very, very good group. Now, you look at the production, everybody's going to, again, do box score scouting and say, ah, his numbers weren't crazy. Yeah. He was at Rutgers. Rutgers, where their offense is god-awful. Offense was god-awful. Like, he, you know, they they would try to give him the ball deep down (laughs) the field, but inconsistent quarterback, inconsistent pass protection. Like, he was not given the same opportunities of, say, a Jameson Williams, a Chris Olave. You know, he was not blessed with a future first-round quarterback. And three out of the five offensive linemen going to the league, which was unfortunate. Um, sure. And people were like, okay, well, he went to Rutgers. Like, why, why did he go to Rutgers? Like, he was a four-star recruit. Okay, he had offers from Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Pitt. Like, you, you name it. He had offers from everywhere. But his parents were athletes at Rutgers. He wanted to go to Rutgers like his parents, so he went there. And he was great. During his whole time, like his his younger brother was also a very accomplished recruit, also went to Rutgers. He's going to be coming out to the league in a couple of years here. So I think there's always a story of why these super talented kids that could have gone to major programs and had, you know, really high stock of yeah. why they went to lesser programs. There's always a story for that. That's his. Uh, there's a there's a defensive tackle and those tackle coming out of uh, of Idaho this year. Noah Ellis, who's Luther Ellis's kid. Okay. Also a four-star, had offers from Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, you know, 6'5", 340, moves like a dancing bear, and he went to freaking Idaho. And everybody's like, oh, he's not, he went to Idaho. He's not good. It's like, no, he could have gone anywhere, but he yeah. went because his dad coached there. So there's always a story. And I think it's worth paying attention to why Melton was at Rutgers and quote-unquote underachieved. Um, but just looking at his talent, looking at his ability to – you know, abuse corners down in Mobile. Yeah. I think he is looked at more fondly by the league than he is by media. So don't be shocked if he goes day two. He's a really, really good player. 
I, Brett, I'm telling you right now, if like their first pick on day two is Bo Melton, it, the amount of damage control that I'm going to have, it's like everyone remains. Oh, no, it's great for you. Your stream is going to make you so much money if he's a It's going to blow up. <laughs> you should be rooting for this. You should be rooting for like back to back Bo Melton and then any tight end that's not Jelani Woods. You're going to be a rich man. <laughs> it's just just dabbing out the tears just with like a 20 yeah i mean because i looked at it was funny because it's your video that really got me to look into him and i was like yeah like the kid can play and for me it was a matter of the packers usually go okay immediately you're a special teams guy like that's what they try with amari rogers for whatever god knows reason they kept sticking with it when it wasn't working i'm like Hey guys, this is gonna be a problem. I don't know. Oh wait, it already is. <laughs> so they just like we're like, oh no, it's fine. We're we're gonna be okay with it. I mean, that's what they do to Randall Cobb too. I mean, Randall Cobb like return the first play he ever made was a return against the Saints for a touchdown. But in fairness to the Packers staff of why they were sticking with Rodgers, it's not like special teams is ever gonna cost them a playoff game. Like they'll be fine. It's not that important, Brett. <laughs> Over or under 85 times, Justin Fields is going to get sacked this year. <laughs> That's, I don't know. That seems like a pretty generous line there. <laughs> it, it, it might be, but. <laughs> well, Over or under number of conference championships, Aaron Rodgers is going to win in the rest of his career. Uh, 0.5. This is what people tuned in for. How about Alec Pierce? Oh man, uh, Alec Pierce, or uh, as I like to call him, um, uh, Spicy Jeff Janis. Well, that's he's already a Packer then. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like he fits them. He fits what the Packers like. Spicy so Jeff well. Janis, like big four four yep. white dude with jump ball ability. Like good route runner. He's going to make like a couple 40-yard catches and we're going to be like, oh my God, yes, Alec Pierce is the guy. And then for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers is like never going to target him again. He's still going to talk him up about being a great practice player. Every sure. camp in preseason, we're going to get super excited. There's going to be plenty of film clips of him running deep. Like He'll catch a Hail Mary once or twice. He, everybody's going to love him, but he's if he goes to the Packers, he will not get the numbers that he should. Because for whatever reason, there's like, three guys that I think uh, that I think um, have risen above <laughs> expectations with the Packers is like Devonte Adams, like Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, for whatever reason, they're, they're, like it's not like they've had bad receivers. Yeah. Just some guys go there and they disappear. And I've never understood why Alec Pierce is like a classic, <laughs> like highly talented Packer receiver that looks great in August and then does nothing. All right, that's fair. Because a lot, again, Packers Twitter has fallen in love with him too, and they're convinced that he is going to be a Green Bay Packer. Oh, he will be. He will be. <laughs> He's just not going to do anything. And, and not not even his own fault. I'm just telling you, I've seen this show before. And he's going to be like the number three wide receiver that everybody loves. Every catch he makes is going to be 25 yards, and he's going to get one of them a game. Yeah, I've rented that movie before. <laughs> I have. Blockbuster was still around. So you're talking about guys that sh you shouldn't be surprised if the Packers decide to target on day two. So we got a Bo Melton who can go that high. Got a Shakir who can go that high. Any other guys that are kind of jumping off the page to you of going like, yeah, those are those are Packers. Ooh. Um, let me go through my rankings here because there, there was a couple day three guys that like, again, you know, Khalil Shakir is, is Kirkland Debo. Alec Pierce is spicy. Jeff Janis uh, going through my day three. Jalen Tolbert, for example, like he's another guy that's often available, you know, when the Packers are going to be picking like yeah. in a name that potentially could oh. go there. Okay. This one's for sure. A Packer Romeo dubs from Nevada. Yes. Like I, I had him mocked in my last one. No, he is like, he is so stereotypical, like MVS, like three catches, 60 yards, Always, you know, always open deep. Can't guarantee he's going to get the ball, but he's going to get open quite a lot. Um, I really like him, to be honest. I really, really do. I think if he goes to the Packers, as as their depth chart looks right now, he's wide receiver two. Like, right now. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I looked at, by the way, you again. You can interpret that any way you want. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I think he fits exactly what they want their number two to be, which is a field stretcher. Yeah. Um, they're still going to need a possession receiver. Correct. You know, somebody who can get all the volume, who can convert all the third downs. Like he, he would be the MVS replacement. Might be yeah. a little bit more consistent than MVS, but still he's, when you take Romeo Dubs, it's not like a, you know, like a Terry McLaurin situation where it's like, oh, he's going to be the number one. It's like, no, he is yeah. the three for 65, six to seven touchdowns in the year, like solid number two. There's other situations uh, around the league where he might perform above that, but like specifically in the Packers system, sure. for what we know they like, like that is what he is. And that's good, but sure. I, I wouldn't expect anything more than that. Other names that have kind of like been associated with the Packers, like you have a Sky Moore, for example, talking about him going. I've seen him recently. I've seen him mocked in like the first round that, that he was going, but like he's a guy who could go into day two. <sighs> I don't, I don't see it. He doesn't, personally. I don't know if he fits Green Bay. That's what I'm saying. The scheme fit, I don't, I don't see it. Like for what he does well, and what we know about the body types they like in those roles, I just, I don't think that they value him like a lot of other teams obviously would. Yeah. You know, like if they, like if they want an X, they'll go more size at X. They, they'll go more like George Pickens is a Packer. Like That's he him. is yes. He is the X, um, you know, dubs or Jameson Williams is like the Z like that's the guy. Yep. I just looking at body type and skill set, I don't see where like maybe in the slot, maybe, but, but, and that's where the confusing thing comes to, because you have Randall Cobb, who's on a rental, right? Like he's going to be back for like another year. He just took a pay cut, but you have Amari Rogers who we also drafted there. It's like, okay, are we going to go get another slot guy in case like for the future and it's really being like, we have no faith after one year of Amari Rogers. So like for me, it looking at it like a day two and drafting him, it it just is like, wow, that speaks very poorly about how they view Amari Rogers. And two, I don't think that really solves anything. If they really want to get another slot guy, Kyle Phillips is the one for me because he blocks. Yeah. He like he blocks. They really do love well. that's why they love Alan Lazard so much, because exactly. he blocks his ass off. Like they, uh, I remember UCLA, UCLA would motion Kyle Phillips into the backfield and then run counter behind him as like a fullback. And he's like an 190 pound slot receiver. So like he blocks. So like if they go slot, that's, that's the one I I expect. I could see them doing that as like early day three or like something happens in like really late day two, but, and they're just like, screw it. Let's go get another person in like the third round. Let's go get another slot guy. But yeah, there's, there's. One more guy I wanted to talk about, Thornton. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's the MVS replacement right there. Yeah, because he he screams MVS to me. <laughs> no, he Dubs is who you get if you don't get Thornton. Yeah, because Thornton's I think is going to go above Dubs. Um, yeah, plays to his time, like ran four two and he runs. He plays fast, that. dude. He's plays he's so fast. fast. Like that, I, honestly, I'm I'm upset that I didn't bring him up before because he might be the most Packers receiver out of all of them. <laughs> like he's Thank he's you. the guy. Um, yeah. you know, if you don't get Jameson, like shit, Thornton's probably Thornton's probably the dude that they look at the most as like the new Z. If you don't get Jameson, sure. So yeah, good call by you to bring him up. I totally forgot about him, but like, okay. it's even going down to like the frame how he runs the gate. Like you throw yeah. an MDS jersey on him you would not be able to tell <laughs> it's like he's back Even it's like the same Chiefs. guy better hands though yes i will give him that so like i think that he even has a higher ceiling than mbs did but he would immediately play that role and probably be pretty good at it i think yeah i think that there's definitely a, a role for him there and if they miss because like that's the thing it all depends on what they do in the first round like they can get the speedy guy like they can go get him in the first round but like it's like, all right, well, we missed on him. Well, let's go get these guys in day two and see what happens. Like, like they I could... tend to they tend to build a receiving room like a basketball team. Yeah. So in terms of like everybody's different. Yep. So, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we miss out on our our, our we we miss out on like the two guard with like a clean stroke from beyond the arc. Like wh- where's the next place we can get that? It's like, yeah. oh, maybe maybe we can't get the three and D guy but we can get the three guy, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a couple rounds later. So it's like, ah, okay. Um, like, oh, we don't get Clay Thompson. We can get Danny green, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it, it just depends it, on what's available. It just makes it up for it. Yeah. I think 
the important thing to note is just that there are options. And again, Brett, I'm just doing this for my own sanity, that if they don't get a guy <laughs> in the first round, which I really think is a possibility depending on how the board falls, you see all those guys start to go and like, hell, maybe even Pickens goes before 22. I mean, there's a, there might be a team that likes him enough to like take a shot on him there. Well, what I'll say is, okay, so the Saints with two first-round picks. Yep. What I've heard is they're going up for a tackle. But if they can't pull off that, if they can't pull off that trade, like they're not taking Trevor Penning in the middle of the first round, like they're, they're taking a receiver. So it's like, there's one team that could take at least one of them. You're fighting against the chiefs. That's going to take at least one. Thankfully they're behind us, but they got back to back. I mean, they could trade up as well. I mean, like they, they are in that trade up. They could completely deplete all of the guys that you're thinking about in round two. Yep. Where you know all the all this like let's say you you want to get cute and you know you're taking the the defensive players or or whatever in the first round you're like oh there's gonna be plenty of guys left it's like well there's like in the next ten picks after after the second Packers pick there's like six spots where a receiver could go yeah so and also keep in mind like seeing these wide receiver contracts you know how many people are gonna want to take a wide receiver in the first round to get the fifth year option so Correct. they can wait one extra year before they have to give. Uh, fucking forty million dollars to a receiver, like <laughs> yep. what? Like you think it's bad now? Oh God, wait till Debo signs. Look at the Eagles. I mean, like the Eagles literally did this where they were just like, "Hey, like we had three picks. We don't, we don't want to do fifth, three fifth year options in a row. Like it's okay. Like we'll, we'll push it back another year. Yes. Like yeah, they're gonna get wild. Like they're gonna turn into like Jamar Chase is going to be a billionaire. <laughs> like that man is going Just, to make Justin so Jefferson, much. Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's getting thirty five by the time he signed because he's Good. after Bankrupt DK, him. Debo, Brown, yep. Terry. Like Terry. he's gonna get thirty five, and then again, the year after is gonna be Jamar Chase. So yeah, the the Devonte Adams deal that the Raiders got is going to look like nothing. Oh yeah in two years it got beaten five minutes with the tyree kill deal so like it, yes it, yeah so I, I like that's why i think that you could see as many as seven receivers going in the first round so that people get just the extra year because even if, even if they extend them after three years it gives them one extra year before the cap hit gets Correct. completely bonkers yep and it gives time for the tv money to catch up so if the Packers don't take one in the first round, at least to take advantage of that. Yeah. They're just wrong. Like they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's going to be a matter of their board and going, okay, if those guys go like all the guys that we have, let's just say there's like five receivers that they're like, yup, these are our first round guys. They're all gone. All right, crap. Well, what do we do? We reach, do we reach and potentially get that guy? Like, do we go get a Christian Watson right now and say, screw yes. it. Like, let's get him now. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, it, and again, we can say yes, <laughs> but I don't know if Goody's going to say yes, but it, like, I, again, I thought DK was a first round pick. He ended up going 64 and uh, he, a, he should not have gone 64, but B the fact that the Patriots took Nikhil Harry over <laughs> DK like they would have an extra, like let's, let's just say DK was a, a first round pick to the Patriots. He's due to get paid right now. They would have an extra year. Yep. Before that cap completely went out of control. Yep. So it's, it's a valuable thing. It's very, it's a, the exact same reason they took Jordan love in the first is, Oh, if we're oh, going to yeah. get a guy, let's get a fifth round option. Cause yep. Cause or a fifth year option because Jordan love was not a first round talent. Like he, he just wasn't. You do um, that to basically, if that's our guy, we have so many years to develop him and great. We could potentially, it's that old, like, and I talked to Murphy about this. It's like, hey, the try and true formula is you go to a Super Bowl with a rookie QB and you load up all those contracts and then that just didn't work out. What's ironic is the is there's two ways to win a Super Bowl and the last two years in a row, it was with the other way. You know, it's like you, either you can do what the Chiefs do, you load up on talent, you get to like within $200 left of the salary cap, but you have a rookie yep. quarterback that's cheap, so who cares? You go and you win a Super Bowl. Or you build the rest of the roster first, and then you go get a disgruntled veteran that isn't making as much as he should, but already has a bunch of money, and all he cares about is winning at this moment, which yep. is the Rams with Stafford, the Bucks with Brady. Yep. So there's two ways to do it. The Packers are doing literally the opposite of both of them, where they have Correct. an old disgruntled quarterback who is making a lot of money, and there's not the roster around him. So, 
shit, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like, I feel like that defense, and I'll let you go in a second. Like that defense should be like good. I mean, Jair Alexander coming back, the defense was already good last year. On top of that, I mean, like the offense, everything is great except for wide receiver. Like that, that's what I mean, that the Packers actually have that luxury that they can go, you know what? We can reach for a wide receiver as long as we get our guy. Because who gives a crap? Because, yeah, would it be nice to have another guy with Kenny Clark? Absolutely. Would it be nice to get some insurance for Darnell Savage? Sure. Would it like, be good to be a nickel corner? Yeah, great. We could get another edge, you know, for Preston Smith, even though we just extended him. Like, there's the O-line, like, tight end. Like, there's the luxury picks, when, what I mean by that, of, like, building that depth, having that insurance. But, like, when it comes to legitimate holes in the Packers team, it really is just wide receiver this second. Which is why, again, I, I don't think they will. I would at least consider double dipping. In the first. in Because there's going to be so many that go after them in the first and early second yeah. round. Like, I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to play with fire there if I'm then. Like, I, I, I don't want to risk being the last guy without a chair in musical chairs, yeah. which is a very realistic possibility. Yeah. And guess what? By the way, when when they start taking receivers, that's going to move up the clock for everybody else, and they're going to yeah. start taking receivers, which is going to push the edges down. It's going to push the nickels down. Like, very true. You might as well just get ahead of it. Start the panic. Yeah. You know, trigger the, tr- trigger the mass buying, and yeah. then profit in the back of the second round or, or whatever your guys' pick is in the second round. And, and yeah. you know, get everything else that is the luxury pick then because we don't have that luxury of there being so many QBs that so many teams are going to go after in the first, because that usually pushes it all down. So you're like, great, wonderful. This year might be the wide receivers. That's like, Hey, well, they're going to get taken and it's going to push everyone else down. Like you just said. So. Yeah. And there's like, there might be two quarterbacks to go in the first round. That's what I'm saying. It's so little. And you're looking at like the Panthers, right? It might be maybe the lions in the back end at like 32. Maybe I don't think they should, but that's neither here nor there. They the could. Steelers willingly signed Mitch Trubisky so that they wouldn't have to take one. Correct. That should yeah. tell you all you need to know. Everybody's looking at next year's class because you got yes. Bryce young, CJ Stroud, Jerkovich, uh, Will Levis. You got all of them. Like they're not taking, like they're not taking Carson Strong or Kenny Pickett this year no. and then missing out on those guys. Not in the first well, round. Well, Brett, you just wait until we take Carson Strong. And then we're... <laughs> Old Peg Leg McGee, Carson oh, Strong. Oh, didn't see that one coming, did you? And running... you also get Romeo Dubs. You just yes. go all Nevada. We're going to run three QB sets. We're like, hey, Jordan, what's your 40 time? Can you run a route? Listen, that's, that'll, that'll, that'll confuse them all. That's not a Shanahan offense. It's something something unique. Darker. We'll rock it. More mysterious. That's it. Brett, I greatly appreciate you coming on uh, and talking Packers, potential wide receivers. Uh, please tell the people where they can find you and all the things that you do. Uh, so you can find me on YouTube at Brett Coleman or Twitter or Instagram or the, the TikTok, which I'm trying to get better at posting. Uh, I'm over 30, so it's tough for me to do it more than once a week. <laughs> um, but you can find me all there. I do film breakdowns. Um, I make fun of the Packers. Uh, whenever the opportunity affords me to do so. And um, I sell these hoodies to, to pay my mortgage. That's also a thing that I do. I have a live stream with my podcast partner doing 22 straight hours during the entire draft. How many hours do you do, Tom? Uh, well, it depends because I do night one, night two, and I do a video for every person the Packers draft. So like that Saturday, I do like eight videos and then... I oh, wow. The- you fucking overachiever. Jesus. Yeah. So eat me. <laughs> There's Listen. no way you don't do coke. Come on. No, none. I'm not skinny enough. But then beach <laughs> season is coming up. It is coming up. Do, do you have beaches it. in Wisconsin? I'm in New York. What part of New York? Westchester. Really? Yeah. I, I, oh, man. You think I, this I, sounds like Wisconsin? <laughs> True. It does. It does My have a unique... are not there. <laughs> don't you know? Oh, don't you know? When I go to Wisconsin and I spend like a week there, like the O's start to get elongated, like the longer that I stay there. And by the end, I'm like, oh, oh, I got to go home. Wait, how'd you end up a Packer fan? My dad's a diehard Cowboys fan. 
and he tried to raise me as a Cowboys fan. And when I was six years old, I went into school and heard the Packers beat the Cowboys. And so out of spite, I went home and said, I'm a Packers fan. And I just stuck with it for uh, 25 so years. Just like me, we, we both chose our teams because of our rampant daddy issues. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm talking them out in therapy. So like, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's costing a lot of money. So like you were with the hoodies, every single piece of merch that I sell, I wind up just giving back to my therapist. So it just oh, works God. out. Now that you think about it, uh, I would say a significant portion of, 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 of people who choose their sports fandoms do so because of their daddy issues. I mean, how else can you explain the entirety of the Cleveland Browns fan base existing? Yes. Do you have any Browns fans I've talked to over the years? Like, and they're just like, yeah, it was a family thing and now I'm trapped. Like and I can't get I can't get out now. It's really the only answer I ever get is why are you a Browns fan? Because I have to be. Blood Yeah, I gotta be. It's, it's, it's like I'm so sorry. At what point is it's like, hey, like CPS is knocking on the door and they're like, you can't, you can't do this. We got to break the cycle of abuse. But, oh, but I, I appreciate your time so much coming on. Everyone. Check the links out in the description. Go check out Brett Coleman. He's got one of her Packers merch, being the diehard Packers fan that he is. But folks, thank you so much for watching. <laughs> I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, go back, go. Go back, go.